Hey, it's Nate Parrish from Wedway Radio, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 22 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. This week, we have something very interesting. Usually, I do the interviews as a single conversation, and then I break them up into two episodes. But as you may recall, I interviewed Nate Parrish twice. The first episode that he was on was part one. The second time, last week, was part two, and this part. So consider this part two of part two, part two B, part three, whatever you want to call it. In this episode, we back up just a bit into the last part of the previous part of the interview and then move into talking about an organization that, if you're a Disney fan, especially of Walt Disney himself and his early years in cartooning, you should definitely learn more about. It's called Thank You, Walt Disney. Luckily, Nate tells you a lot about them, and hopefully after you finish hearing him talk about it, you'll want to support the work they're doing. From there, we talk about some touring tips for the parks, with a brief sidebar about Storybook Land, Tom Bricker, and my Storybook Land series on my blog, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, and he answers the question, when will Redway Radio end? Well, sort of. We end, as we usually do on this show, with Nate sharing what inspires him and his advice for others for following their dreams. Now, before we get into the rest of the interview, I want to tell you about two very exciting things. First, Laura Dickinson, whom you hopefully remember from episodes 8 and 9, has her first solo show coming up in Los Angeles just a couple of days after this episode is released. She's performing at Rockwell Table and Stage December 10th at 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10, which is ridiculously low for the entertainment value that you'll get. If you're in the L.A. area and can make it, I strongly encourage you to head on over. To get more details and to buy tickets, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash laura2012, and that'll link you directly to the Facebook event page. Also, I have a new book that's just been published. It's called Once Upon Your Time, Seven Strategies for Gaining Control of Your Time Through a Tour of the Magic Kingdom. In it, I use Disneyland as an example, giving illustrations of key strategies to help you gain or regain control of your time. If you're a Disney fan, especially of Disneyland, and you're looking for some way to recapture time that seems to constantly slip away, you need this book. It's available as a paperback, a Kindle book, and a PDF, depending on your preference. Go to storiesofthemagic.com forward slash time, T-I-M-E, to find out how to get your copy today. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. On September 22nd, 2004, Oceanic Flight 815 left Sydney, Australia, bound for Los Angeles and crashed on a remote and mysterious island somewhere in the South Pacific. The survivors quickly realized this was no ordinary island. 
The groundbreaking Emmy Award-winning drama Lost ran on ABC television from September 22, 2004 to May 23, 2010 and remains to this day one of the greatest television series of all time. Relive every moment of this amazing series as we reopen the hatch and take you deep inside each episode of this epic series. My name is Joyce. And I'm Al. And on our show, Lost Flight 815, we'll cover each episode of this immensely popular series in a unique way. We'll watch the show as we record and share our thoughts and Lost facts while you listen to the episode with us. So tune in to the Lost 815 podcast and visit us on the web at www.lostflight815.com and relive one of the greatest shows of all time. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LostFlight815. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. For your third piece of advice about reaching out to the Disney community, that's exactly what I've done. And Good. anybody who's listening that might be thinking of starting their own podcast, you can't do it well and without a lot of heartache if you don't do that. And I've discovered that there are some people, some podcasters and bloggers who are very open and receptive and willing like you and a couple of others. There are some who are not. Yeah, there are. There are some that are not. And some I think there's a couple reasons why. One, some of them are very busy Mm -hmm. and it's not their job. And they're like, I'm only going to put this much effort into the show when. I'll answer your mail, but I'm not going to spend time. And another one, which is really sad, is that people see it as a competition. Yeah. And I hate that because who are you competing against and for what? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know? There are so many listeners with so many different areas of interest. There's no reason. You really. know, I, I used to get upset. At the beginning, when we first started our show, because when other people would put shows out that were like ours, like I used not upset, but I would be like, we did that show. You know what I mean? Like if we did a show on the Tower of Terror and there was another show on Tower of Terror, I would think, well, oh, great. They're doing a Tower of Terror show. But, you know, (laughs) no one's going to do the same show. And Mm -hmm. Now looking back on it, I'm like, how arrogant of me to think that I'm the only one that can do a Tower of Terror show. You know what I mean? Right. Who are you to do my subject matter? You know. Yeah. I've interviewed this guest. They are now off limits from everybody else for the remainder of time. And you know, I mean, we've had guests that have been on other shows, and we've had contributors that have been on other shows. If someone has a problem with it, that's your problem. I really don't care because I'm going to do my show the way I want to. And I don't have a problem with somebody going on another show. You know, great. That's the, I don't owe it anyone. I don't, you know, I don't, and I don't pay anyone. So it doesn't really matter. But we, uh, you know, we have a good relationship with four or five people that end up going on our show a lot. And uh, th- those are our friends. Those are our, mm-hmm. our friends in our, in the community. And, they do what they want and we kind of do what we want and we collaborate on some stuff and they, you know, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for anybody that does well. I really am. I'm really happy for anybody that does well in the Disney space. You've got a blog and it's successful. 
that's great. I will subscribe to it in my Google Reader. If you have a show and it's awesome, I will listen to it. And I will congratulate you or retweet you if if it's a show that I like. And if I don't like it, it or if it's something that I think is not interesting to me, it doesn't mean it's not interesting to other people. Like, for instance, I don't really like trip planning shows because I'm not always planning a trip. And when I do plan it, go on vacation, I don't usually do a lot of planning. I just go. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean those aren't great shows. You know, there's just a few different shows out there that really see this space as competition and that they want to be the top dog. And I don't know what prize they're aiming for or whatever. (laughs) Right. They, they need to really reevaluate their goals because it's not going to get you anywhere and you're not going to make money off it. I mean, there's a few people. There's two people I know that have made a living in the Disney community that create content. And one of them is Lou Mangiello. Mm-hmm. And he, that's his job, and that's great. And I support Lou. I've been on Lou's show, and you know, and my friend Henry Work, who worked for Touring Plans, he was the only full time employee at Touring Plans when he worked there, and that was his job. And you know, those are two people who I consider friends. I don't talk to him all the time. Henry's got a new job, so I don't really talk to him. And Lou, I don't talk to him because he's just busy. But there's just only a few people. That make, you know, there's travel agents too, I guess, but it's not a business. It's just, it's not, you know, this is just fun. So, sorry, I've been ranting on this for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's quite all right. This isn't like my soap. I don't do this to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you the soapbox. You are welcome to stand on it. (laughs) But on the subject of the Disney community and the different areas of it uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, a group and i don't honestly know a lot about them so i'm just going to do a horrible setup and then you can take it and talk about it but uh, a group that's working on restoring walt's old laughogram studios yes yes okay so i live in kansas city missouri and walt disney started his animation uh started in animation in kansas city And one of the earliest things that he did was he started a company called uh, the Laughogram Studios, and he started it in a building that is located at 31st and uh, one block east of uh, 31st and Troost in Kansas City, which are two kind of major streets. And the building was built in 1921, I believe, and he started in it in 1922. And um, the building, when Walt left for Los Angeles in 1923, you know, the building stayed, obviously, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it fell into disrepair in the 1960s and 70s and 80s as urban blight kind of spread through Kansas City where I live. And uh, it's in a kind of a not so nice neighborhood now. It's not in a horrible neighborhood but it's not great and uh the the building was set to be torn down in i believe 94 and a few civic-minded individuals bought the building from the city and uh decided i think it's from the city but basically kept it from being torn down and the Walt Disney Company, I believe, early on actually gave them some funds to save it. 
or matched hmm. it or did something. Okay. And ever since then, since like the late 90s, they've been working to uh, save the Laugh-O-Gram Studios. And it's an organization called Thank You Walt Disney. And they, they've basically saved the building because the building was in horrible shape. I mean, it had no roof. Uh, it actually fell down. Like part of it fell down at one point. Like oh. part of the, one of the walls caved in. And they've redone it, and now it is—it's like a shell now, but it's a structurally sound shell. And they're going to go in and redo it as the Laughogram Studio, like a like an animation museum on the second floor, and the first floor is going to be like a community education center. But they're not near there yet. But I think they're going to be successful. I think they're going to be. That sounds like a great plan. It does because there's only a few places that can say that, you know, Walt Disney lived and worked and created here that are still there. There's Walt's house in Marceline, Missouri, mm-hmm. and that's still there. And the, the it's it's a private residence, but the, the house is still there um, here in Kansas City. The house that he lived in is still there. The uh, garage out back where he did his very first animation is still there behind that garage, but that's a private residence. And then you go out to California, uncle Robert's house that he moved in with when he first moved out to LA, that was there. The first studio, the Disney brothers studio, that's still there. But the big studio that they bought the 2719 one there, you know, that one's gone. Right. Sure. And the Burbank studio is there, but I mean, that's, that's the studio now and you can't like go and tour it or, but you can just drive to it. But right. this is this is like an opportunity to save something and to rebuild it in the manner that would kind of uh, create that legacy of or I want to say appreciate the legacy of Walt Disney within the building. However, not so many words. It's exciting, but it's a slow process. I think the organization is called Thank You, Walt Disney. And they're here in Kansas City, and I wish they were, like, national. I wish they would spread out and, you know, have an event. They, they do have events every once in a while, but it seems like the events that they have draw in locals. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, like, an event like Mouse Fest, or you look at an event like Mike's Chat has, like, the Gumball Rally. And, like, you have these different events that... uh draw people in from not just the city, but from this surrounding area that might be Disney fans. And it seems like they haven't done that. They've drawn in some people for events and they've brought people in. They brought in, you know, Brett Iwin, the voice of Mickey, Tony Anselmo, the voice of Donald, Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy. And uh, they brought in Floyd Norman one time. They had J.B. Kaufman there one time who just he just wrote the Snow White book that just came out, but it was when he wrote the Walt, the South America book. They've they've had different events there that are part of Disney history. But, I, you know, I wish they would think bigger, think big. They have a Facebook page and, you know, it's got members. They have a Twitter, uh, but that doesn't make any money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's good. And the people that do those things, the Twitter and the Facebook, they, they put a lot of effort into it. So um, their site needs some work. The website needs some work. You know, we should have had like a history blog and a few other things. But, they, you know, they, they're they working to do that, I think. And I think at some point 
they will meet their goal. And whether it's through reaching out like I would like to see them do or by not, you know, I think eventually they're going to reach their goal. But I, I wish the greater Disney community in the world, you know, in, in our Disney community that I think lives out there in, you know, Florida and California and Illinois and North Carolina and all these different areas that kind of come together for different stuff could play a bigger role in it. Yeah, and that kind of thing I know can be done. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was a group not too long ago that raised the money and then actually physically went out and restored the Lars Homestead set or you know area from uh, Star Wars. You know, no, I didn't hear about that. For, at all. Yeah, yeah, they, they went, actually went out to Tunisia uh-huh. and uh, rebuilt. And you know, restored everything. The whole complex that was used for the filming of the Lars Homestead scenes in A New Hope and Phantom Menace, or oh. I guess it wasn't Phantom Menace, but it was Attack of the Clones. I think it was in. Yeah, yeah, Attack of the Clones. So, yeah, so they went and they raised. I think it cost them like ten or fifteen thousand dollars to do it, and they used the Force Cast to uh, help get the word out and raise money and everything. I think they did it in the course of a couple of years. So what did they? Where did they move it to? They didn't. They actually restored it right there on site in Tunisia. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they used some, I think, a little bit more modern materials to help uh, preserve it and help protect it from the weather and the elements. And I think ultimately they're hoping to try to even organize some tours to go out there. But as you can imagine, it's tough to get people to visit Tunisia. To I think nowadays that set. might be uh, difficult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they managed to raise the money and took a crew out there to do that rebuilding project. So if they could do it in Tunisia, I'm sure that the friends of Walt Disney can do it in Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely can. And I'm not saying they won't do it. I just wish the greater community could play a part in it. And there's people that, you know, I've got a friend who sits on the board for them and he, he wants to do that as well. I mean, he's like, I wish they would, you know, take the time to do that. And so I, um, it just, it takes effort and it takes, you know, um, man power. It takes, uh, a crew of people that are, really willing to do that and and i'm not sure that there are enough at this point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but here's the thing if you make it bigger if you take it to the next step and take it out to you'll get people that could volunteer that don't live here you know what i mean yeah especially for the online stuff you know yeah the blog or the facebook page or whatever doesn't matter where you live to do those kinds of things yeah exactly if you look at the Walt Disney Family Museum, the blog mm-hmm. they have there, I mean, a lot of those are farmed from other Disney sites. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know yeah. some of the articles have come from like 2719hyperion.com and uh, I'm not sure if Progress City USA, but in other blogs like that, they've saw articles have just been farmed from there. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sorry, you're going to say something? No, I was just going to ask if you uh, have off the top of your head the way that people listening might be able to connect with them and you know we could try to spread the word here a little bit more through this forum sure well if you go to thankyouwaltdisney.org that will take you to the site and they have memberships available um you can follow them on twitter and facebook just from that front site there uh, or from the front page of their site you can kind of see what events they've had in the past news and and 
and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, there's, there's a membership, but I don't really know what the membership gets you. You can become, there's like different levels of the membership, kind of like, kind of like different organizations have, but, uh, you can do that. Uh, but thank you all. Disney.org is the, is the website for the people that are restoring the Laugh-O-Gram studio. Okay, perfect. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes too. So hopefully we can help them out a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Because I really want to see, you know, for personal reasons, because I live in Kansas City. So yeah. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I want to ask just a few kind of maybe a little bit lighter questions to start steering towards the end here. Um, If you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, doing anything, any division, doesn't matter. Uh, what would it be and why? Oh, man, that's a good question. I've never actually even thought about that. I would say archivist. I would, you know, I don't know about head archivist, because then you'd have to answer to a bunch of people that don't understand archivists. Right. But, um, <laughs> Disney archivists, I, those those guys uh, that work there in the archives, they've got a good job because they've got at their fingertips just lots and lots of goodies that the rest of us cannot uh, cannot play with yeah but, uh, that that's one um, I really liked working at Walt Disney World I talked about that in the last episode but that was god that was fun so uh, maybe if I could get a tour guide job at Walt Disney World but not have to work in guest relations that would be a good job because then you don't have to listen to complaints Right. Uh, that and uh, then, uh, of course, the job I didn't get that I wanted, uh, Jungle Cruise Skipper. So, ah, uh, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, now I know you don't do touring tip kind of shows, but as someone who's been to Walt Disney World and Disneyland quite a bit, do you have any tips that you know, seem to work really well for you that you might want to share, or something that you think might maybe could help out a guest that. Yeah, <laughs> I just told you I don't like <laughs> during shows. Um, okay, so that's why you're doing it on this show. <laughs> that's right. So, okay. Um, okay, so tip. What tip would I give? Okay. Um, I mean, there's like I always tell people because people at work know that I'm into Disney. And when they go on vacation, of course, I, you know, they make fun of me. And then, of course, when they go on vacation, I'm the first person they ask. Oh, of course. So, yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, well, you've been there. You know what? I'm like, oh, really? So now now it's useful to you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, I work with great people. But um, the, I always tell them, utilize FastPass. And everyone listening to this show knows that. I mean, but there are so many people that go there and do not use fast pass i'm like you gotta use fast pass it doesn't cost anything it's not an extra thing use it all right so having said that second thing eat at off hours all right especially oh, if you're there during a busy time eat an early breakfast and then eat an early lunch and then eat an early dinner <laughs> because one you will walk it off <laughs> that's for sure you will walk it off all right and two you don't have to compete with the throngs of people that are going in at that at lunchtime and dinner time. And a lot of times it's, it's easy to get an ADR 
if you're just going off time. So like, well, do you want to eat it? Four o'clock? Sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, go, go and eat at four o'clock. Yeah. But, uh, I had uh, breakfast at seven o'clock this morning. Exactly. So. <laughs> Man, I've been up since four. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're uh, eating it off times. What else? Oh, um, do fantasy land first. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You got to do fantasy land first one because you will just wait in horrific lines and you will not want to do them later. But if you do those fantasy land attractions first one, because the queues are awful and you don't want to wait to them later. And second, uh, they will be shorter right when you get there. Even if you get to Peter Pan at Disneyland first and says like 25 minutes, still wait in line because it'll be like 40 minutes later. You don't want to do that. Easily, yeah. yeah. Dumbo, <laughs> Casey Jr., all those, you don't want to wait on those later. Do them first. Yep. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, that's one that you wouldn't expect, and somehow it ends up with a horribly Storybook long Storybook Land, Canal Butts, same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yep. that line is terrible. All right. It is. So on the One More Disney Day, I was there for the full 24 hours. Oh, you were? Plus nice. a little bit. Yeah. Um, didn't quite apparently last as long as Tom Bricker, but I thought I was doing pretty good not leaving until like 6.40 a.m. But I did it with no caffeine, just for the record. I think Tom Bricker just drinks like monsters and rock stars all day. <laughs> I think you're right. Because that guy, he does everything. Yeah. So, you know, he's an attorney. He's a photographer. He's got a blog. He does the touring plans thing. He does Huffington Post. He does a podcast. He does, you know, who has time? Who has somehow? Who has yeah, somehow he got extra hours that the rest of us didn't. I don't know. He how didn't. That. Yeah, he did. He must. Uh, and what's weird is like I called him a time or I had him on the show and uh, I was like, hey, you want to come on the show? Um, I go, oh, you're Eastern time. Do you want to come on? It'll be like 11. He's like, oh, no, I'm in bed. I go. <laughs> Okay, what about 10? I could probably do 10. If you have to do it at 10, we could do it at 10. But oh, yeah. He gets a lot of sleep, apparently, too. So that's just amazing. I know. So, but yeah, so I was there for that day and I wrote Storybook Land five times. Wow. Yeah. I love that attraction. I really I do. I did too. I did too. So you probably got to ride it back before like Aladdin. Yeah. Being, you know, being from Southern California, you probably saw the original Storybook Land before it was all, you know, glitzed out with Aladdin and what else? A little mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, and of course the Aladdin scene is huge. There's like three sections to, I know, I know. (laughs) So that, that really takes up a lot of the real estate there. Uh, and in fact, on my blog in July, I did a five part series on storybook land canal boats. Um, well, cool. You know, it's such a great attraction and, I think it just gets those long lines because the capacity is so low. It does. It does. The capacity is so low and the loading so slow and, you know, exactly. it's the only attraction I think that you could actually tip it over if you wanted to. Yeah, I think so. You really they, could. I mean, yeah. they, they, they say like, stand up at the same time. If you didn't stand up, you could tip that thing over. Mm-hmm. I've been on it a couple of times when I think that almost happened. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Now, between doing the, you know, the show that you do and being on Beta Mouse and doing the show and just all the other stuff that you've done, um, is there anything that you never get asked that you wish people would ask you? Yeah. <laughs> Not something that you want to say and nobody ever asks you the question that allows you to say that. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of like a nice one. 
<laughs> um, you know, not really. Here, here's the thing. When we started Wedway Radio, we said we're not going to have a show that ever talks about the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we celebrate anniversaries, but it's just like, hey, it's our 100th show. And we might like reminisce for like one minute, you know, or hey, it's our fourth year anniversary or whatever. You know, it's I like to do the show because I like to do the show. It's not because you want to become famous or whatever. And I feel stupid even saying that because it's just like it's ridiculous. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that I'm waiting for someone to ask me something. A lot of times people did ask me stuff that I thought was kind of weird. Uh, Like uh, Beta Mouse, Henry would just ask me the weirdest stuff. Just (laughs) when we were doing shows on tech. See, here's the deal. Because Henry, Henry and I kind of collaborated on the show before the show began. And then we did the show. And so I was like, just put me at the end. I'll be last on the introductions. And so he put me last. So I always had to go last. So I always got like the worst takes because everyone always took the good stuff. (laughs) And then it got to my turn. And so I always had like the horrible, you know, I I I agree with Scott. I agree with Jeff, you know, know, or I had like the obscure stuff because Scott would end up taking every single thing. (laughs) I don't think uh, there's one thing. Or how about this? When will Wedway Radio end? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know what's weird? Matt and I have actually talked about an end date or an end show uh, before, but we don't have any plans to end it. But we were just like, what are we going to do on the last show? What are we going to do on the very finale? We haven't really planned anything. We just kind of of throw that out there once in a while. Gotcha. <laughs> kind of like the creators of Lost. We don't have an end date yet, but we kind of we know where we're going with it. Yeah, and it is. And, you know, early on, we were like, are we going to run out of stuff to talk about? You know, are we going to run out of material at some point? And I guess if we do, we'll just end it. Because, I mean, who wants to listen to a show that's about nothing? You know, <laughs> who wants to just listen to a, a show that doesn't have any substance? So. I know, I know. I, I remember before I started to do a podcast, I had two rules about listening to podcasts. One, the audio quality had to be good. All right. I wasn't going to listen to a show that was, you know, staticky and overmodulated and all that stuff. Because I'm like, I applaud you for trying, but please give your listeners something to listen to. And two, I didn't want to listen to a show where the people that were doing it didn't know what they were talking about or that I knew way more than they did. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Which I'm no expert. The stuff that we talk about on the show is the stuff I researched. And three weeks ago, I didn't know it. So it's not like I'm like this walking encyclopedia of like Disney history. And and some of the stuff I've even forgotten. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. It's just stuff we've talked about when we're doing it. I want to just make sure that there's a lot of substance. So we've talked about like, how to end the show. How would we do it? Would we do something live like we did on beta mouse? Would we just have something simple? And honestly, I think when we do our last show, we're going to say it at the very end. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining Wedway radio. This was our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just because no one's expecting that. And you don't have to be all sappy and it's just, you're done. Right. There's no build up to it. So beware that will happen someday.
<laughs> Listen all the way to the end of every episode because you <laughs> never know when that tagline's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Definitely. <laughs> okay, let's go kind of inside the actor's studio for the last couple of questions here. Oh, good. All right. Okay. What inspires you? Talent. Talent inspires me. I had this conversation with my wife yesterday because she was watching Real Housewives, and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Why are you wasting your time? She's like, well, you watch that, you know, other stuff. And I, I kind of discovered I like reality shows about talent, not personality. Like I like Top Chef and I like Project Runway because they're about talented people doing extraordinary things, not about personality. So talent inspires me when I see somebody who's really talented at something. You know, like I don't like classical music, but if there's someone who's just amazing at like the cello, how awesome is that to listen to them? You know, it's great. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like someone who goes around like talking about the cello or listening to the cello all the time. But like when someone's amazing, you're like, that's amazing. Um, so talent inspires me. Uh, you know, I don't know. I can't, nothing really is popping right now. Okay. In terms of like, what's I'm not trying to be conceited. Like nothing inspires me, but um, <laughs> I inspire others. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't do that. <laughs> Maybe as a teacher on my best day, I inspire some kids. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, talent is good, and that's actually an answer I haven't got yet. Oh, good. So that's good. And then the last question before you get a chance to do your uh, shameless promotions one more time. You know, you've had some pretty amazing experiences you know, working for Disney, now as a podcaster, and if I may say so, from my perception anyway, a pretty well-respected member of the Disney fan community. Thank you. So, and I'm sure someone listening to these interviews has said more than once somewhere during it, you know, I wish I could do that, but I probably can't. If you could give some advice to that person that has this dream, that wants to do something that's exciting for them, podcast, work for Disney, whatever, but they just think they can't do it. Uh, if you could give some advice to that person, what would you say? That nothing is impossible. Uh, honestly, it, there's if you put your mind to it, you can do anything, really. I work at a high school, and I used to coach tennis. And I was not a very good tennis player, but I played tennis when I was a kid, so I kind of knew the basics. There was a kid we had who got cut from the baseball team his freshman year. And his mom said, you have to do something. And so on the fourth day of practice, after three days of baseball, he came to the tennis team and he was terrible. Was an awful <laughs> tennis player. Just terrible. He was a pusher. If you know what anything in tennis terms, a pusher is just someone who tries to keep it in. You know, they don't have a, a passing move. You know, they can't do any kills. They can't serve. They can't do it. All they do is just keep it in and wait till the other guy to make a mistake. Okay. That, that's a pusher. Right there. Gotcha. So this kid is a pusher. And he was like, I kind of like playing tennis. I said, okay, well, you know, why don't you tell your mom you want to play a club or, or something like that? Ask her, you know, for my birthday, can I get some tennis lessons or something like that from a pro at a club? And he did. And his second year he came back, he was, he was better. And then his third and his fourth year, he was amazing. I mean, just phenomenal. And he got a college tennis scholarship. And that's really hard to get in the United States, wow. by the way, because there are so many Europeans that come and play college tennis in the United States. And, you know, he was 
Good. And he's gone on to college and he's probably graduated by now. But, you know, this is a kid that had no idea that he had this in him. Mm-hmm. And he pushed himself and he became this great tennis player. All right. So all that aside, doing a podcast, doing a website, doing a blog, you just have to have passion. That's it. You got to be passionate about what you're talking about, you know, because passion is contagious. We've done shows about the smallest attractions that have a you know great story behind them, and because we were excited to tell it, and because there was this huge backstory behind it, and that it used to be this, and now it's this, and this is what's inspired it, and this was the film it was based upon, and now it's this. You know, it's it's like if you're passionate about it, people can tell it in your voice. People can tell that it's worth seeing. It's worth doing. And if you try and fake it, people see right through you. Oh, yeah. But if you're passionate about it, I mean, people absorb that and they become passionate about either that or something related to it. So I would say just follow your passion. Follow what you want to do. I mean – Doing a podcast at, you know, midnight on a Thursday night is not anybody's cup of tea, but we love it. We love making Wedway Radio. We love doing Wedway now because it's fun. It's a way my brother and I can keep in touch. We're both in our 30s and we live three hours away, but we text each other like 100 times a day. And my parents love it, you know, because it's like, wow, you guys have 132 episodes and... What are you going to do next? You guys should do, you know, when you guys go out to Disneyland, when you should have a meet, you should do it. And, uh, and uh, they kind of push us and doing more than we sh- what we want to. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, are you going to pay for us to go do something? No. <laughs> right. But we, uh, you know. We'll even name the meet after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nothing is impossible. You can do anything you set your mind to. Because you may not be the best, but you're going to be darn satisfied with your effort. And that's going to translate into other things, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have struggles. We all have problems. You know, we don't make as much enough money. We don't have enough free time, but you know, if you have a positive outlet, like my whole day is just great. Like I have a great day, especially on podcast day. Cause I'm just thinking about that all day. I'm like, man, I can't wait to do the show. I can't wait to guess. I can't wait to do this. And we have so much fun that, I hope that translates to the listener, you know, because sometimes the content's dry, but we at least we enjoy it. We, we love it. If you set your mind to it, if you have passion, there's nothing you cannot accomplish. I mean, you may not be the best, you know, you may not be an astronaut, but going to space camp is awesome. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's you know, your reality and your reality may not be the same as everyone else's reality, but you're at least going to find out what else is out there and find out your potential. I mean, that's great. You know, when people find out their full potential and what they're capable of, that's awesome. So, yeah, this is the teacher in me coming out. When you reach down and you really find what you're made of, that's just great. So that's my magnum opus. (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic i love that i really do (laughs) all right now now it is shameless promo time the whole reason you came back on the show i know that is it (laughs) because i didn't give myself enough props no uh (laughs) uh, wedway radio is the show 
We called the big show. And uh, Wedway Now is the sister show to Wedway Radio. But I predict one day it's going to be more popular because it's catching on. <laughs> you have guests. That's the big secret. We have guests. I know. It's fun. It's fun. You know, Wedway Radio is fun, too. But having getting someone else's perspective, that's, that's lots of fun. So... It may not be as popular, but it's fun to do. But Woodway Now, that's a show we do about uh, news and guests and interviews and stuff like that. And then Woodway Radio is the, the Disney history show. That's the one that we've been doing since 2009, I think. Yeah, February 2009. You know, those are those are the two shows we do. WoodwayRadio.com is where you can find all that and uh, links to all the different stuff we do from there. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll put all of that in the show notes, just like I did before, and send people your way that maybe aren't already listening, but they should be. So, well, I mean, we're never going to be like the top-rated show because we are—we do have like a niche audience. Because a lot of people just want to, you know, they want to go to Disneyland and do their vacation and then move on to other stuff. And you know, we don't do restaurant reviews. We don't do stuff like that. You know, that's not us. We're into the history and the history of the company and the parks and the stories and you know imagineers and artists and and stuff like that so well, somebody needs to fill that niche and i'm glad you guys do well so. thank you thank you randy you're welcome nate and thank you very much for making time to come back on stories of the magic i appreciate it it has been my pleasure thank you for having me back hi this is rick moyer and this is amy moyer and we are the hosts of Taken With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyers home. And then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast. And we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek. Kinda. And heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Nate Parrish for being my guest and to you for listening. If you've worked for the Walt Disney Company in any capacity and would like to share a positive story, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY anytime, 24 hours a day. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let's talk. If you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic or had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. Email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call that listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Stories of the Magic, you have a chance to win some money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. Download it. It's free and just takes a few seconds. Then, during registration, hit the promo code box and enter Magic Stories, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. 
the latest episode of the show will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code MAGICSTORIES, all one word, when you register. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible, so it's easier for people to find there. Leaving a rating and a review will only take a couple of minutes, and I would be very grateful to you. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic. This week's episode has been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. Walt Disney said, Disneyland is like Alice stepping through the looking glass. To step through the portals of Disneyland will be like entering another world. Entering Disneyland is like stepping into another world, full of magic, wonder, and impossible dreams that come true. In the same way, working with me as your coach will enable you to step into a life unlike anything you may have thought possible. One that is full of promise, joy, and passion. Not always easy, but always an adventure. To find out more about Leaving Conformity Coaching and how I can help you, access some free resources and read my blog, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories. I'd like to close with a couple of quick reminders. Laura Dickinson's first solo show is coming up in Los Angeles in just a couple of days, on December 10th. To get more details and to buy tickets for what is sure to be an incredible show, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash laura2012, and that'll link you directly to the Facebook event page. Also, remember my new book, Once Upon Your Time, Seven Strategies for Gaining Control of Your Time Through a Tour of the Magic Kingdom. In this busy time of year, and looking ahead to 2013, This short book may be the tool you need to relieve some of the stress and make this a Merry Christmas season. Go to storiesofthemagic.com slash time to find out how to get your copy today. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.